On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks picked up a massive comeback win against the Anaheim Ducks on Saturday night, scoring three unanswered goals with all three coming from defensemen. I'll get into a recap of that game, a preview of tonight's matchup against the Hurricanes, and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, November 14th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please make sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. And the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. Go and follow the show right now and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then you definitely got to be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Every episode throughout the rest of the regular season, folks, is going to have a video uploaded to YouTube as well. So if you haven't done so yet, please do me a huge favor. Go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. It's 100% for free. It helps me out tremendously, and I really would appreciate all the support. Also, go make sure to smash the like button on this video and ring the bell. Last, turn on those push notifications, and that way you will be notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, enough of that. Good morning, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. Getting right into it this morning, the Blackhawks, uh, they have a matchup tonight against the Carolina Hurricanes. They're finally back in Chicago. Uh, They just finished up their two-game West Coast road trip on Saturday in Anaheim. First game of that road trip was against the Los Angeles Kings. That came on Thursday. Fortunately, the Blackhawks fell short 2-1 to in overtime. It was a goaltender's battle, really, between Peter Morazic for the Hawks and Cal Peterson for the Kings. Both goalies were tested late in the third period and a lot in overtime, Um, but Kevin Fiala wound up scoring the OT winner, which is seconds left in the three-on-three period. And the Blackhawks actually end up dropping uh, their, what was that, their sixth of their last seven games, I believe. Yeah, six of their last seven after starting the season 4-2-0. And then on Saturday in Anaheim, basically the worst start imaginable. Basically, the Blackhawks wet the bet in the opening 20 minutes. It was not a good effort whatsoever. Probably their their worst period of hockey so far this season. And the fact that it came against, you know, one of the worst teams in the entire NHL in the Anaheim Ducks uh, kind of, you know, added insult to injury and made the matters even worse. In that first period, Anaheim outshot the Blackhawks 19 to 5. I think the Blackhawks had one or two shots on goal until four or five minutes left. It was 16 to one at one point, I think. Uh, the scoring chances were 16 to five at even strength in favor of the Ducks. High danger chances were six to two. The Blackhawks were extremely fortunate 
to only come out of this period down one goal. They fell behind 2-0. Uh, in the opening nine minutes, Troy Terry and Adam Henrique put the Ducks ahead 2 to nothing. They got off to a roaring start. Uh, and things were looking bleak for the Blackhawks, but Jared Tenorti, baby. This was the Jared Tenorti game. He's the one that gets the Blackhawks on the board late in the first period when nothing was going their way. They find a way to make this a 2-1 to hockey game after 20 minutes. So even though, like I said, it's probably the worst period of hockey of the season, um, they still found a way to make it competitive and have this only be a one-goal game. And we've seen that a couple of times from the Blackhawks early on in the season, I think. One that sticks out to me in particular was the first period they had against Seattle very early on in the year where they just looked awful in the first 10 to 12 minutes. They fell behind two to nothing, but they wind up tying the score two to two when it's all said and done uh, after that opening 20 minutes. They just keep finding ways to, you know, when things aren't going well, I think one thing I appreciate about this team is how they've scored their goals, how they've gone about still finding offensive success when things aren't really clicking and they're not cycling too well and the play in transition isn't clean, the passing hasn't been crisp. Jared Tenorti was just kind of uh, you know, a, a heads-up play to jump up into this rush, make it an, on man, <clears throat> an odd man situation for his team, uh, and kind of shows off the mitts with a nice little forehand, backhand maneuver for <clears throat> his first goal of the season, first as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. And that was a big one. It got them on the board, as I mentioned, cut their deficit in half. And honestly, I don't know if, you know, that's kind of what changed the tides for the Blackhawks or if they went into the first intermission and kind of regrouped and had a different mindset coming out the rest of the way. But uh, certainly in the final 40 minutes, I still think Anaheim was probably the better team. And going and looking at some of the analytics and the high danger opportunities. I would say Anaheim got more than the Blackhawks did, but the final two periods were uh, definitely a more even back and forth style battle in comparison to the first period. And then the Blackhawks found a way to even up the score two to two. Philip Ruse, baby, picks up his first NHL goal, which feels kind of overdue because the kids really had some good looks offensively. Uh, and he's been really impressive so far in his first NHL season. And Luke Richardson continues to play him. You know, there are some nights where he's out and it's kind of just a numbers thing. But I've been, like I think a lot of Blackhawks fans, for the most part, in his first NHL season, I've been really impressed with Philip Ruse. And a nice play here to follow up on his own rebound and uh, put home his first NHL goal to tie the score 2-2. Two to two. Patrick Kane and Max Domi, by the way, both picked up their second assists of the game on Ruse goal. And nice to see, you know, Kaner and Domi finally starting to find their way on the stat sheet. Uh, Kaner was on a three-game pointless drought there, which you don't see him go through those all that often. So nice to see him uh, pick up two assists in this one. Uh, Max Domi, again, someone that the Blackhawks are going to need some contribution out of as long as he's going to be in the top six. It had been a little quiet as of late, uh, but nice to see him pick up two assists in this game as well. So the Blackhawks, even though it was ugly, they find a way to tie the score up two to two through 40 minutes. And then in the third, it really was about who was just going to get the next goal. It felt like this was going to be a low scoring affair the way both goaltenders were playing. I'll have more on Arvid Soderblom here in just a minute. Um, but in, in the third, who else? The offensive wizard that is Jared Tenorti. It's the Jared Tenorti game with under three minutes to go. Tenorti, just a simple play, shot from the point, traffic in front, 
takes a fortunate bounce for Chicago and Jared Sonority with his second goal of the game, his second um, goal with the Blackhawks puts them ahead three to two. They wind up holding on for the three to two victory. All three goals for the Blackhawks in this one came from defensemen. And funny enough for Jared Tenorti, he had two career goals in his nine, 10 year NHL career entering this game on Saturday night. He doubles that total with a two goal output against the Ducks. And also a little funny stat, three of his four career goals have come in the city of Anaheim. So for whatever reason, the offense just comes out of Jared Tenorti whenever he's out on the West Coast, specifically playing against the Ducks. And a big, big contribution from him and Philip Ruse as well on the back end to lift the Blackhawks to a much-needed victory. They hadn't picked up a win in regulation in seemingly forever. Uh, nice to see them get the job done. It wasn't pretty, but hey. We don't need it to be pretty. Uh, it's probably not going to be for a lot of the season. Just nice to see this team claw their way back once again, continue to have that never-say-die attitude. They find a way to steal two points on Saturday night against the Anaheim Ducks. All right, there are some thoughts of mine on the Blackhawks. 3-2 to two comeback win on Saturday. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into a full preview of the matchup tonight with Carolina at the United Center. But first, I got to talk to you all about Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie, folks. In the last four, excuse me, in the last decade, over four million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. And you don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. And at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. They protect you with the best cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. And here's why I personally love it. Simply Safe blankets your home with the best protection. They have monitors over sensors and monitors over every door, every window, every room, along with HD security cameras inside and outside your home, along with hazard sensors that can immediately detect fires, floods, and other threats to your house. You can also go and customize the perfect home security system for your house in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash lockdownNHL. And you can also save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan. You'll also get your first month totally for free. Simply Safe is throwing you a ton of deals and is the best way to protect your home. All you have to do is go and visit simplysafe.com slash lockdown NHL to learn more right now. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Segment two, getting into a quick preview of tonight's matchup, as I already referenced, with the Carolina Hurricanes at the United Center. Good to see the Blackhawks back here in Chicago. Your boy will be in attendance along with some of my buddies. I think I'm actually going to be there for the next four or five uh, Blackhawks home games. They have Carolina tonight. They have St. Louis on Wednesday. Uh, Marion Hosa's retirement ceremony on Sunday against the Penguins. I'll be there for that one. I'll be there on Wednesday against the Blues. I think the next one's against Edmonton or Winnipeg. Probably Winnipeg. The Blackhawks already played Edmonton at home, but looking like a stretch of uh, a few games here, three or four at least, that I'll be in attendance for, which I'm certainly excited about. Uh, but this is going to be a 7.30 p.m. Central Time puck drop tonight. The Blackhawks 6-5-3 and three after picking up that comeback win against the Anaheim Ducks on Saturday. Uh, the Hurricanes are 9-5-1 through 15 games so far this season. They have dropped 
three of their last four entering tonight. But to be fair, uh, all of those losses have come against some pretty quality opponents in the Colorado Avalanche, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Florida Panthers. So all in all, a pretty good start by the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, people, you know, have some lofty expectations for them in a loaded Eastern Conference. A really good roster. A majority of their core that they've kind of built around is still intact. Really good defense. Are some questions in net, I'm sure. Um, but all in all, the Carolina Hurricanes team that people expect to be competing for the Stanley Cup this season. And they have given the Blackhawks a lot of trouble over the last, like, feels like four, five, six years really ever since the Blackhawks won their last Stanley Cup. They have <clears throat> not fared well in particular against the Carolina Hurricanes. Not a lot of success for them. So hopefully they can kind of change that theme around tonight uh, now that they have, you know, a new GM, new head coach, a lot of new things going on with this franchise. We're getting into a quick breakdown of Carolina, just throwing you all some of the stats so you know what the Blackhawks are facing tonight. Uh, Carolina, as I mentioned, 9-5-1 and one through 16 15 games. Math was never my strong point. The Hurricanes rank 26 on the power play entering tonight, 21st on the penalty kill. It'll be interesting to see what goes on at the faceoff dot because the Blackhawks are first best in the NHL at the dot, which is kind of wild to say considering how much they've struggled in that area over the years. It's really just been the Jonathan Tave show, but Max Domi's been really good there. Got to give credit to both Sam Lafferty and Jason Dickinson. Reese Johnson's done a good job on the fourth line, too. Blackhawks, best in the NHL at the faceoff dot this year. The Hurricanes rank third coming into tonight. So interesting to see who will get the best of that battle there. Uh, Carolina ranks 19th in the NHL in goals scored. Seems like their offense kind of hasn't been clicking as much as they would like or as much as you know they had hoped here in the early going. But defensively, still one of the best in the NHL. I feel like that's more so their bread and butter given. Uh, how loaded they are on the back end. They rank 11th coming into tonight in goals against. Uh, looking at their cap friendly, we know there's not going to be Tavo Teravainen in the lineup for them tonight. Unfortunately, he's on injured reserve at the moment. Max Patch Ready, which was one of their big offseason acquisitions, he's going to miss significant time this year. He's still on LTIR, along with defenseman Jake Gardner. Uh, and then Andre Kasha is also on injured reserve depth forward for the Hurricanes right now. And going and taking a look at the dailyfaceoff.com, kind of wanted to know the line combinations that the Hurricanes are rolling with, in particular without Tavo Teravainen right now. Uh, it looks like Andre Svechnikov, Sebastian Ajo, and Stefan Nason are the top line for Rod Brindamore at the moment. And Sebastian Ajo, I know, has six points in his last five games. So you definitely got to be wary whenever this line is on the ice for Carolina. Uh, the second line looks like it's going to be Seth Jarvis, Kasperi, Katka, Niemi, and Martin Natchez. A whole lot of young talent on that second line, my goodness. Third line looks like it will be Jordan Martinuk, Jordan Stahl, and Jesper Fast. The bottom six, too, for Carolina. I know it's been some moving parts, but Stahl and Martinuk, I feel like they've kind of killed the Blackhawks over the years. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't know. For some reason, my memory feels like Carolina's bottom six always has some success against the Hawks. Uh, and then the fourth line looks like it'll be Paul Stasny, big veteran addition for them. Jack Drury, one of the young prospects in their organization. And Derek Stepan, the wily veteran who I honestly forget sometimes is still playing hockey. 
Uh, that looks like it'll be the forward group for the Hurricanes, or that's what they've rolled with here recently. And then I already mentioned the defense is the strong point of this team. The top line is Jacob Slavin and Brent Burns, which is, you know, kind of, in my opinion, a, a really good mix and match. Like, you know, Slavin, one of the most underrated defensive defensemen in the entire NHL. I honestly don't even know if he's that underrated anymore because he's finally started to get at least a little bit more recognition. And then Brent Burns, obviously one of the best offensive defensemen in the entire league. Feels like a good combo there. On the second pairing, they have Brady Shea and Brett Pesci, really reliable second pairing. And then on the third, former Blackhawk Calvin DeHaan, who made the team after signing a PTO with Carolina during training camp. He's holding down the third pairing with Chatfield. And I honestly feel like probably going to bet Calvin DeHaan, at least they're like $2 on Calvin DeHaan anytime goal score. Scores one goal basically every year. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have one yet. And when he before he was a member of the Blackhawks, his one goal with the New York Islanders. Um, no, it was Carolina. It was Carolina. His one goal of the season came against the Blackhawks at the United Center. I don't know. I think it's worth a shot. I'm going to throw at least a couple schmeckles on Calvin DeHaan anytime goal scorer. Uh, getting into the Blackhawks projected lineup for tonight. They just wrapped up <clears throat> their morning skate. Let me check the old Twitter. Make sure. We don't have any crazy updates. Okay. So it looks like Jason Dickinson is feeling better. Shout out to Ben Pope for providing the update. Uh, he's feeling better, but has lost some weight from an illness. Of course, Dickinson did not play on Saturday against Anaheim. Uh, so it looks like he's going to be held out again once, um, is going to be held out once again tonight, I should say. So kind of unfortunate there for the Blackhawks. Um, but what we saw at the morning skate, Line pairings and defensive combinations. Top line, Philip Kurashev, Max Domi, and Patrick Kane. We've seen some mixing and matching finally in the top six after things kind of, you know, they went through a dry spell in the past couple of games in that department. Philip Kurashev, you know, we've talked about how capable he looks so far in the early going. I don't know if, you know, he's naturally going to be a top line player, but what we've seen from him so far. Um, he's deserving of this look, especially when Andreas Athanasiu has been a little bit quiet as well here as of late. Uh, so I understand the decision to give Kurashev some time with Domi and Kane up on the top line. That slots Athanasiu down on the second line with Jonathan Taves and Taylor Radish, both who I've thought are off to really good starts this far as well. Uh, with Jason Dickinson out, that leaves the Blackhawks third line as McKenzie and Whistle Sam Lafferty will slide over into the center spot. And Boris Kachuk will actually jump up from the fourth line up to the third line, which I thought was a little interesting. Um, I feel like he is a little bit more natural of a fourth liner. And Colin Blackwell's probably someone who I would have preferred to be up there, given that I know he hasn't shown it thus far in his short stint with the Blackhawks, but I feel like he's, you know, the one you'd rather have in a third line spot than Boris Kachuk. Just me personally, though. Uh, but Luke Richardson elected to leave Blackwell down on the fourth line with uh, Jujar Kara, who will be playing the fourth line center spot tonight. And then Reese Johnson has slid over to the left wing. So looks like uh, Dickinson is going to be the odd man out of the forward group. And then on defense, we actually saw some moving parts as well. Uh, usually, or as of late, we've seen Jack Johnson paired up with Jake McCabe on the top defensive pairing. But Caleb Jones is actually been moved up there with Jack Johnson, which, oh my, on paper, Jack Johnson and Caleb Jones is a top D pairing. Um, opposing offenses are probably licking their chops when they see that, but to be fair, Caleb Jones, he's been making the most of this opportunity here recently, particularly on the offensive side of things. 
He's been a really nice production boost from the back end. Uh, the defense, I've said it a lot here on the show. The consistency issues are really what's costing him right now. And not even what's costing him. The offense is keeping him in the lineup. But I, I feel like the defensive inconsistencies are what is potentially like holding him back from being more of a staple on this Blackhawks blue line and also just more of a full-time NHLer in Luke Richardson's mind and also how the Blackhawks value him. I think they know what he can do offensively. And we even saw that last year when he tied Seth for the team leading goals, despite only playing in like 50 games or something. It's just all about whether or not he's going to be good enough defensively. And this is a really serious opportunity for him playing on the top pairing with Jack Johnson, I assume they're going to get, you know, 20, 21, 22 minutes tonight against a tough Carolina Hurricanes team. Uh, it's it's going to be a tough challenge for Caleb Jones, and I'm really interested to see how he's going to respond to this kind of little promotion from Luke Richardson. Second defensive pairing stays Jared Tenorti and Connor Murphy, kind of the uh, the 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 glue on the back end for the Blackhawks, if you will, so far this season, which I would have never guessed. But I got to give credit to Jared Tenorti. I kind of uh, chuckled at the signing at first, but he's been a really valuable asset back there, just being sturdy and physical, five, six hits a game. And, hey, he stole us two points on Saturday night against Anaheim with a two-goal game. So tip of the cap to Jared Tenorti for proving a lot of folks wrong with his performance here early on in the season. And the Blackhawks need reliability right now. They need sustainability. They need guys who can play minutes. And Jared Tenorti has been playing that part for them so far which has been nice considering all the injuries that they've had to deal with. Uh, and then on the third pairing with Caleb Jones getting bumped up, that's brought Jake McCabe all the way down. Uh, he'll be playing with Philip Roos tonight, it looks like. So Alec Regula, once again, is going to be the odd man out. Probably shouldn't be surprising to anyone considering that Roos scored his first NHL goal on Saturday. Don't think Luke Richardson was going to pull him out of the lineup after that. Um, so looks like that's the deep decombinations that the Blackhawks are going to roll with against Carolina tonight. They're going to be tested very often, and um, we'll see. It hasn't been been good for them against Carolina so so far in recent years. Uh, hopefully, it can be a little bit different tonight. In net will be Peter Morazic. He had a spectacular return after uh, being on IR with a groin injury. Made his return on Thursday in Los Angeles. Did everything he could to keep the Blackhawks alive in that one. Made some ridiculous saves in overtime. Uh, unfortunately, he winds up with the overtime loss, but I still think it was a positive regardless of the final outcome. And Mrazek actually uh, has a really good track record against a uh, former team of his, the Carolina Hurricanes. In nine starts against Carolina, he's got a 7-2 record with a 2.1 goals against average and a 939 save percentage. So. For whatever reason, Peter Morazic has been really good against the Carolina Hurricanes in his career. Makes sense to go with him in goal tonight. Uh, and the Blackhawks goaltending, I do want to talk about this for a quick second here before I wrap things up with our Mailbag Monday fan segment. The Blackhawks goaltending continues to be maybe the biggest and quietly like not talked about as much, the, the biggest difference in the team this season. Like Whether it's been Peter Morazic when he's been healthy, I've thought he's been really good. Thursday against Los Angeles, he was phenomenal. Alex Stalock when he was healthy, even going back to the preseason. Like, I don't really recall Alex Stalock having a truly bad start. Sure, he's given up some softies, but he's also made some big saves basically every time he's been in net two. Thought Stalock's been really good, and I can't say enough about Arvid Soderbloom. I mean, 
<laughs> he's been incredible for being 23 years old. And it really makes me laugh that when he had to come up and play those two games last year, there were people saying, he stinks. Soderbloom sucks. He, obviously, he's in over his head. He's 22 years old in the NHL with that Blackhawks team. What, what do you think was going to happen? You're really going to judge a 22-year-old netminder on his first two NHL starts. And even in his first start this year, when it didn't get off to the greatest start, people were saying Soderbloom doesn't belong here. He's not any good. Yeah, they, they shut their mouths really quickly. Arvid Soderbloom has been spectacular. Stopped 39 of the 41 shots that he faced on Saturday in Anaheim to record his second NHL victory. Just keeps doing more of the same. I keep on dubbing him Stonewall Soderbloom because he's been phenomenal and has been a rock back there for the Blackhawks. Been nothing short of remarkable. 23 years old. This kid already looks like he could be a full-time NHLer. Probably not going to be the case once Alex Stalock comes back and is healthy, but sure feels like the Blackhawks are in good hands with Arvid Soderbloom moving forward. And also with Drew Comesso and Dominic Bassey, two goaltenders that are playing uh, in the NCAA right now that are uh, off to really good starts to their season. Now, before I wrap up the show, folks, can't forget about our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Apologies for this one coming out on Wednesday last week. As some of you may know, I didn't have a voice for the first two days, so I kind of made things a little bit of a challenge last week, but glad to be back to normal here uh, to kick off this week for all of you. First question I wanted to answer today comes from Cole Sloan on Twitter who asked, does Jared Tenorti have trade value, and what on earth are we doing? Thought we were supposed to lose to get Connor. I know there's still time, but who do you trade to make us worse? Jared Tenorti doesn't have any trade value, by the way. Blackhawks got him for free on waivers because another team didn't want him. They wanted to send him to the AHL, but Jared Tenorti probably has more value to the Chicago Blackhawks than he would for anyone else I just mentioned. He's been able to play nightly, give us, you know, 18, 19 minutes, somewhere in that range, be physical. For him, it's just don't shoot yourself in the foot. Don't make mistakes. Get the puck out of your own end. Don't be a liability. He's been pretty decent at that so far. So um, I'm fine with keeping Tenorti. I'm sure that's the plan. There's, they're not trading Jared Tenorti. They're not going to get anything for Jared Tenorti. Um, but yeah, it's obviously, you know, this is a, a valid, valid critique here of the Blackhawks start. Six, five, and three through their first, 14 games. Again, math has never been my strong point. Um, look, though, they've still lost six of their last eight games now and have one regulation win over that stretch, and it really shouldn't have happened. They got outplayed by a bad Anaheim Ducks team. This is going to curve itself out, and it's already starting to. <laughs> it's already heading in the opposite direction after the 4-2-0 and start. Uh, but we do know the Blackhawks are certainly more competitive, more capable than anyone gave them credit for to start the year. And it's made it a lot more entertaining uh, of a first you know, month to open up things this season than um, anyone expected, which I'm certainly here for. But I, I still think the losses are coming. Like, Look at the way the Blackhawks are getting outplayed by some of these teams recently. They got dominated by Winnipeg. Um, Anaheim really took it to them. Los Angeles, like they're getting outplayed here kind of on a regular basis now. And... I expect that the losses are going to come, just like we're seeing it right now. I feel like this is this is the Blackhawks team we're going to see. Team that can, you know, steal some wins away from you. They can hang, they can hang in there. They're also gonna have some stinker nights where they're gonna lose five to one or four to nothing. 
Um, I don't, I, I, like I said at the beginning of the season, though, I don't think the Blackhawks are the worst team in the NHL. I don't. I didn't think so, even though a lot of people did before the start of the season. I don't know. I still feel like they're just going to have to. The only way they're getting Bedard is if they get lucky and win that lottery. I don't see them being a bottom two, bottom three team this year. I feel like they're more so in that five to eight range. That's probably where I see them at least. Um, but in terms of who do you trade to make this team worse, they're not like rushing to trade people to to make this team worse. That's that's not how they're handling it right now. But no doubt, when when the time comes, they're going to be trying to move some pieces, and that's you know. It's only going to bring on more losses when you, you know, trade up Andreas Athanasiu and a Max Domi, maybe Kane and maybe Taves. Who knows? Maybe Connor Murphy's someone that's on, you know, that that's on the block secretly. Jake McCabe could be in that situation too. Jack Johnson could be a nice seventh defenseman for a team that needs some depth. So when that time comes, the Blackhawks are undoubtedly going to get worse and they're going to lose more. Uh, but they're not like trying to push people out to lose right now. That's that's not what's going on at the moment. Second question I'm going to answer today comes from Landon McClellan, who asked, when do you think Davidson starts pulling the trigger on trading the majority of the team? It's definitely frustrating as a fan seeing the Hawks in the mid-range like we've been since 2017. We need to make this draft count. As always, thanks for the content. I Yeah, I mean, I, I feel you. And I don't know if I would say we're in the mid-range. Uh, I get that we are right now at 6-5-3, and three, but Give it a month. I think the Blackhawks are going to be well out of a playoff spot, and it's going to be a little more clear of exactly what type of team this is. But it, yeah, they do need to make this draft count. I, I get it. This is supposed to be the big one, and it, it's frustrating because it feels like there's no win for the Blackhawks. If they were the worst team in the league, people would be pissed. Like, and people would be like, "Oh, the Blackhawks are unwatchable. They're terrible." Yeah, sure. People would still be happy about, you know, their likelihood of getting Connor Bedard and the chances going up. But now the Blackhawks are actually winning games and people are like, rah, rah, they're winning. It's, it's, it's annoying. <laughs> There's no winning in, with this fan base. Um, but like I said, I, I still think the only way they're getting Connor Bedard is if they win the draft lottery. Like if, like they did with Patrick Kane, I think they were what, you know, they, they just lucked into, lucked into getting Patrick Kane. Those are the kind of Things you need uh, in order to change the tide of your franchise. So I get it. Um, but like I said with the last question, I don't think the Blackhawks are trading anyone until trade deadline time. Kyle Davidson isn't, at least from what he said, I'm sure internally he, he's having uh, a debate about how to go about this properly. But I still think it's very early in the season. And these are all still a little bit, not to be rude, they're overreactions. Uh, I think we kind of still need to see another month or two before. A uh, kind of having legitimate concerns about the Blackhawks being too good. Third question I'm going to answer today uh, comes from KLMB Bears Cub fan. Oh, KLMB Bears Cub fan just asked Mrazic tonight. Yes, Peter Mrazic is getting the start for the Blackhawks tonight against the Carolina Hurricanes. Really good record of his seven and two and nine starts against the Canes. The final question that I'm going to answer on the show here today comes from Clark Norberg on Instagram. I really appreciate everyone going and asking questions on Instagram. And if you haven't followed it already, go check out Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. I'm posting there every day. I post a lot of cool polls, pictures, a lot of fun stuff. Uh, if you haven't followed Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram, definitely make sure to do so. You're going to want all that good stuff. Anyways, Clark, I appreciate you asking your question on Instagram. I recommend some other folks go and do the same. Clark asked, what chance do you give the Blackhawks to make the playoff this season? Five? Six? It's not happening. And even Kyle Davidson said that there was just an article released by Mark Lazarus of The Athletic today uh, where he sat down with 
Kyle Davidson and kind of talked about this and and he said, yeah, you know, we're still on the outside looking in. We got to be realistic with what we are. And while they're certainly more competitive than they were last year and in the past couple of seasons, uh, when you go and paint them up with some of the best in the entire NHL, it's, yeah, we're, we're, we're miles away still. So uh, slim to none. I, I've seen people like putting like $5 on like Blackhawks plus 10,000 to win the Stanley Cup. Like, I know the payout looks great. I get it. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen, folks. And we don't want it to happen. I mean, we, we do want it to happen here relatively soon, but uh, we, you know, those, those kind of decisions are, are what has cost the Blackhawks in the past. Thinking you're better than you are and, you know, giving it another run. That's what kind of cost the Blackhawks prospect pool and put them in this really tough spot this past offseason. Now that's why we got to think five years down the road. So it's okay. Don't be upset that the Blackhawks aren't making the playoffs. It looks like they're brewing something special here. They got a good head coach. Looks like they got a good general manager. They've certainly made waves in their prospect pool. Things are heading up for the Chicago Blackhawks. Now I'm excited where they're going to be, Hawks fans. A couple more years. Uh, and I think this team has realistic aspirations of making the Stanley Cup playoffs once again. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Monday, November 14th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show. And be sure, if you're not already, to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks right now, wherever you get your podcasts. And go and subscribe on YouTube if you're not already. And you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Thank you all again for making Lockdown Blackhawks your first listen to start today. For your second listen, go and check out Lockdown Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Lockdown can provide. It's free and available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me all on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, go Hawks. Let's go and pick up a nice little win tonight against the Hurricanes. Thanks again for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.